Beryl Barr is the second vice president of the Friends of the Tompkins County, County Public Library. And I have that position because I am the book sale coordinator. So let's start with a brief history of the sale. The Friends was incorporated a little over 60 years ago. And in their second year of incorporation, they had their first book sale, which was quite small. A lot of friends organizations around the country have book sales where once a year they'll have a few tables out with some books. The community we live in with Cornell University, Ithaca College, we have quite an educated population and so obviously our sale went very well and then people started donating because they found out more about it. Well plus also of course you've got so many professors who live at the libraries. Exactly. We also, Cornell when they weed their libraries gives us everything they weed. Uh, the local libraries do as well as does Ithaca College. So we have quite an advantage from that point of view as for incoming books. And just over the years, we've slowly grown bigger and bigger and bigger. And now we're one of the top ten in the country with the money we make and with the volume of books we put through. So typically you get between two hundred fifty and 300,000 books? About that. We have 270,000 for this sale. Okay. And typically how much money do you make? We don't actually tell how much money we make, but we do give the library $250,000 a year guaranteed. We give the Finger Lakes Library System uh, $55,000 a year, and we also (laughs) give out about $55,000 in grants a year. Plus, we pay our expenses. So it sounds like a profit of about uh, a buck a book. You know, I don't think I've ever worked the statistics out that way. Uh, anyway, it's big. It's big. And, uh, now, Ithaca itself is not big at Ithaca all. Ithaca is not what's big. The, what's the population of Ithaca? About 30,000. I think that's part of what makes this such an amazing sale, is yeah. that we live in a small town, and yet we have one of the biggest sales in the country. There are people who've lived in Ithaca who go live somewhere else. We had one from Ohio the other day who posted their books to us because they'd come to the sale for years, so when they were getting rid of some books, they put them in the mail and sent them to us. We get odd passes like that. It's not a lot. Cornell is great. They have a medical school down in New York City, and they ship the books that they take from their library to us. So, you know, they bring them up and into Cornell trucks or whatever, and so we get those. Some of the other colleges, Wells College, also will give to us. But we've also found that in the largest surrounding area, mm-hmm. all the other little libraries that have their book sales give us all the leftovers from their book sales as well. So we have a huge number of books that come in from that. And we just have a very literate population. Let's have a look then at some of the logistics involved. Right. Well, let's start with the sale. We're in the middle of our sale right now. We go for three long weekends. The last day of the sale is what we call bag day where for a dollar you can put as many books as you can find in a grocery sack. Actually, somebody had some small mass market paperbacks, and I counted them just out of curiosity, 73. She had a double bag, that thing was stretched, and she had 73 books for a dollar. And a lot of ways we do that just to clear out. Then after the la- after bag day, the next day, any non-profit can come in and help themselves to anything in the building for free. No limits on the amount, no limits on anything. You just have to prove you're a non-profit. We call it Teacher Preacher Day. For a few hours, we have that open. When that is finished, we then have an outfit in Illinois, Better World Books, that comes and takes the majority of what's left. And they don't pay us, they just, they pay all the shipping, we just put everything in boxes, they take it away. Anything they don't take, we rip up and dispose of. So we keep nothing. You send it to a... Recycling centre. Okay. We tear the covers off, 
which are trashed, and we the rest of it sent to a recycling centre. So unless it's in our collector's corner, our specials room, nothing is kept from one sale to the other. If we can't give it away, there's no point in keeping it. And yet, to, to typically, you'll generate roughly the same amount of books every single time, even though you just you destroy and, and yes. start from zero each time. Yes. So then after that, after the building's cleared out, the building is cleaned, and then we open for intake again. And we generally start opening two days a week, and we increase it as we get further along, and we start the whole process again of people bringing books in. And now, when they bring them in, do your people automatically stack them in the right places? We have a sorting area. So when they come in, they come in on a, on a countertop. They can get tax receipts for them if they want to because we've got a non-profit status. And from that point, they are sorted into the different categories. Mm-hmm. Those boxes are then taken down into the categories where the category sorters subcategorize them, alphabetize them, and get them up on the shelf, sort out which ones got Thursday, which ones go into storage. And the we- nice thing is that you have the same price for everything. We have four categories. But, but you don't have to have people individually pricing no, everything. No, we have four basic categories. If something needs an individual price, it's put into Collector's Corner. So okay. even though we call it specials or Collector's Corner, there are things in there for $10, $15. $10. Not everything there is hugely expensive. We do have some valuable books in there, but most of it is just stuff that is worth a little more than what we would sell on the floor. So everything is sorted according to that. Some of the stuff that we recognize as being more valuable, we will put immediately into a box to be checked out by the collector's corner. Sometimes the category sorters will identify something and put it, and then the people from the specials will go around and look for books that might have been missed on the shelves. Having said that, we always miss valuable books. There are always some on the floor. Which is what you want. I mean, you want people to come away saying, I got this treasure. I got an absolute bargain. Because that's yeah. good word of mouth and brings more people here. And in the older books, it's better for. But on the newer ones, we have a number of dealers who come through with the hand scanners. How's that? They scan the barcodes of the books, and the software on the scanners will tell them how much that book is worth and what they can sell it for. We close our network down so they can't access the web through our building during the sale. So our network is closed, but they have software they can download. So the scanners have actually got it, a list already on the scanner. Isn't that great? So we have but it only no- works for... Books with, uh, Only with books with post, barcodes. Post barcodes. Right. Yeah. So that doesn't work for any books pre-barcodes. Mm. What year was that? Was that the 70s? I don't remember it because ISBN came in in the 60s. I'm wondering if it's the 60s, actually. I'm yeah. not sure for the books when the barcodes came yeah. on. Okay. We have a number of other dealers who are dealing in, in much more of the older books and know their stuff and, yeah, and can identify pretty quickly what is managed to miss and what we haven't managed to miss. The dealers don't get them all, though. We have a lot of bibliophiles who come, who line up, and do manage to get some real bargains, and, and are very happy. Well, that's that's one of the uh, the key issues for book sale organizers is once you've opened the doors, these dealers will kind of stampede in mm-hmm. and pull off all the good stuff mm-hmm. and line up with huge piles of books. Now you limit that, right? Yes, we do, and we do it for exactly that reason. Yeah. On the first day, there's a limit of fifty books. So once right. you have 50 books, 
quite a lot. It is. But it is. I, I mean, I suppose there are dealers who, if they had the opportunity, would come in and take hundreds. Well, I think for some book sales, what is the issue is the dealers come through and basically just pull the whole shelf off, go find themselves a corner and yeah. go through them. Yeah. We're very strict on that. Good. I spent the entire day yesterday going around basically pulling dealers up on infractions. And that's what I do on the first day. That is my job as book sale coordinator. I have security with heat. me. Yeah. yeah, I have security with me who will back me up. But I just spend the whole day wandering around telling dealers that they've got their 50 books, they need to get them out of the building. Yeah. And so they, when they get 50, they have to go, they have to purchase them, and somebody has to leave the building with them. So what you'll find is a dealer will come with three or four other people. The dealer will stay in the building. The other three or four people will buy the books, leave, go line up at the back of the line. And, and that's it. They have to line up back in the back of the line. So the dealers tend to stay in the building. And when it slows them down is when all their other people are out back in line and they don't want to leave the building. So therefore they can't just keep pulling books off the shelves because they know that I will then tell them to get out of the building with their 50 books. And we don't let them sit in a corner. I read them the riot act before we open up on Saturday morning. They know that when they take a book off the shelf, they had to decide then and there whether they want it. And if they yeah. don't want it, it's to go back. If they do want it, it goes in their box. Therefore, they're expected to buy it. And we have thrown dealers out of the sale for not following those rules. I'm speaking with uh, Beryl Barr, who yes. is the coordinator of the... Tompkins County Public Library In Ithaca, New York. Yeah. So they can only buy 50, or each one of these people that they've got can buy 50? Once they have 50 books, it has to be bought, and someone has to leave the building with them. So in other words, if they come in with themselves and three others... Those they, other they, threes have better have the credit cards to pay for those books as right. they go through. But they can, his store would leave with 200 books. Right. And, and that's the way they've got over our 50 book limit. But it means that we don't have them... You still make the sale. Which we still make the sale and we slow them down. We give the public more of an opportunity to get and we don't the let stuff. them just take hoards off the shelves which then get you know put in in other uh, hoarding is a big thing too people will take a book they want that they don't want to pay full price for and stick it in a section that they think no one is interested in that because the prices go down each day right because the prices go down every day so we ask category sorters tend to come in every day and return books (laughs) to the section in which they belong uh, but people try it all the time Uh, is this the, the the number one contentious issue of running a book sale would you say you know, <laughs> during the sale it might be. But prior to that, it's the volunteers taking the good stuff. Uh, we do get a little bit of that, not as much as you are implying. There's a little bit of, of stuff that goes missing. It's a self-policing thing. If anybody, we have thrown people out of the sale because they've been caught stealing, in which case you're not welcome and you're not asked to volunteer. As a coordinator, it's organizing 180 volunteers. Well, actually, it's more like 300 all told, but 180 who do the bulk of the work. Coordinating those people, keeping everybody happy, keeping egos. What, what's the problem with the egos? Well, you know, everybody has their own idea of how things should be done, and they don't always agree. People don't always get on. You know, there's conflicts of personality, conflicts, mm. that sort of thing. So, in other words, a, a disagreement over where, where a particular book should be placed? Or? Yeah, somebody doesn't like the way someone else sorts their section because they buy in that section, therefore they can't find or they don't think someone does a good job. Or Isn't it a standard way of sorting, no. alphabetically? Or? No, once you have a section, you as a category sorter get to choose how you oh. sort your section. We do not dictate to the volunteers. When you work with a volunteer population, you, you can't dictate no. to them like you can to 
private but employees. Could, but, but you could say this is the standard and everyone has to live by it, wouldn't you? If you were starting from scratch. You've got people that have, what, had one section for 30 years? Yes, yes. That's part of it. And things have grown. You know, we used to just take books, and then it was books and magazines, and then it was puzzles and games, and then it was... Records, too. Incidentally, I bumped into someone at the, uh, the bookstore in uh, downtown. Yes. The Autumn Leaves. Yes. He pulled out a, uh, an LP that... Uh, he had got here? It's worth 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very, very happy. I bet he is. If that was Joe Wetmore, he's one of our top buyers, <laughs> one no. of our local dealers. We have a vast number of records that we sell LPs. Yeah, yeah. And as the electronic revolutions come on now, we have books on CD, we have DVDs, we have laser discs, we have VCDs, we have okay. all sorts of electronic stuff, you know, computer software, computer games. What are your number one, two, three bits of advice for people that are uh, organizing used book sales in their communities? My number one advice would be get it as organized as you can. The easier it is for someone to find a book, the more likely they are to buy it, and they're likely to buy it at a higher price. So do your alphabetizing. Get the volunteers in that you need to categorize and alphabetize. Okay. And so I, in other words, it's, it's about the organization of the books on the shelves. Absolutely. So if you can't find a book, you won't buy it. Right. We sell about 80% of what we put out. So if we're putting out 270,000 items, do the math. That's really impressive. Right. I've, I've been involved in others where... You know, we sell on average about 80% of what we put out. So you're, the secret to your success, number one, is the actual physical oh. organization of right. the books myself. And number the dealers two. tell us that we are one of the best organized that they, that they go to. Okay. If somebody can't find the book, they won't buy it. Yeah. So you have to organize. Make it easy. For Make them. it easy for them. Okay. Um, tying in your sale with some sort of public holiday is a good idea. So this is number two. Yeah. We try and get you know a public holiday at some stage. It's Columbia Day here. Right? Yeah. Columbus in, in, Day. Incidentally, in Canada, it's at our Thanksgiving. Right. So to tie it in with a weekend like this, it's great. You don't want the weather too nasty, nor do you want it too nice. And it's really nice today. Yes, but it's not midsummer we need to go to the beach weather it's just a nice day so for us this works because it's columbus day and it is also peak season for the leaves so there are a lot of tourists in town so this is just another thing to go to tourism destination exactly yeah if it's a really brilliant day outside we will have less sales that day if it's drizzly and nasty we'll get more sales that day you can see it in the statistics number three the people who volunteer need to feel that they are valued and that they have some authority over what they do. Hence the giving them their sections right. and their own. When they have a section, it is theirs. And I will make suggestions, I will make requests, but I will not tell them how to do it. And you treat every volunteer with dignity and respect, even if you personally don't like them. As a coordinator, you have to do that. They are as much right to be there as you do. Okay, is that number three or number four? <laughs> it might be number four. Because I think we want ten. We were trying to get to ten here. Trying to get to ten? Yeah. Barrel bars, top ten. ten. Yeah, hints. 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 <laughs> Practical <laughs> hints. Barrel's um. basics. Another one I would say is have at least one, if not two, standard days of the week that you take donations so the public gets to know them. When we are taking donations, we are always open Tuesdays and Saturday mornings from 9 to noon. Have been for years. 
it's sort of marketing the right. availability of, right. of the times when so they know everyone the, knows the community Word knows of mouth. so you do that we add other hours and those other hours may change and alter and everything but the Tuesdays Saturdays never changes the fact that it's on a weekend is we used taken to run yeah we used to run the sale all week for two weeks and that became incredibly difficult to get the volunteers very hard on the volunteers to do that that's I'm t- sorry I'm talking about the oh the uh, intake availability yeah, yeah the yeah. Op- open doors yeah the fact that you one of those days is on a weekend yes yeah we catch and exactly so you catch the working public as well as the non you know people with oh, who couldn't otherwise yes yeah. whose schedules you might be on shift work or whatever or they're not working or retired yeah. whatever okay. so yes okay. we try and split it that way we try to avoid although we do tend to do Tuesdays and Thursdays often when people have an activity it's either Tuesdays and Thursdays or the activity be Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays so if all you offer they're busy both of those times it gets very frustrating so we try to do Tuesdays, Wednesdays or Mondays, Tuesdays so that we split that up and we add evening hours when we get further along we also add evening hours we've been forced recently into continuing intake during the sales because they leave them outside and they get rained on and people are moving homes and they, you know, things are happening. So we already have hundreds of boxes stacked up for the next sale that we haven't even looked at yet. Thousands of boxes. Okay. We don't have to come up with a round figure. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to... You put me on the spot. Yeah, not at all. No problem. We'll just end up with yes. however we, many we end up with. But it sounds like... You've experimented with going every day over a period of several weeks. That was just too tough on the volunteers, which is why we went to the three long weekend sales. So your your hint then, this hint, is now long weekends again are... Saturday, Sunday, Monday. But going with... Some sort of holiday in one of those. But you're doing three weekends in October... And then one of them would be the long, the, the holiday long this weekend. One, this one is the long weekend, and the other opening ones, weekend. The other ones would be two days? No, nope, they're the long, because on the Mondays, we find that we get schools in for a start. But just to clarify. We the, do the Saturday, the, Sunday, Monday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Okay, but only one of those Mondays. Is a long weekend. Yes. The other ones, you've just—that's how you've decided to approach yes. it. Yes, and a lot of what we find is a lot of at-home moms really like those other Mondays because oh, yeah? it's, it's not, not so, so busy. busy. Um, a lot of the elderly really like those other Mondays. We also open—we have a senior citizen day. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. So if you're 60 or over, or if you're handicapped in any way. So in other words, you just won't let anyone else in. Yep, you have to prove you're 60 or that you have a disability. That's right. And we're open from 10 till 2. It's only uh, uh, four hours, but we do that. I'd say that's another hint. Yes. Yeah. You have to be big enough. If you're a small sale, you don't need this number of days. If you're a small sale, you may yeah. find that one week is fine. Well, I mean, it seems to me, yeah, because you've got 270000 but let's say you've got 27000 Yes. Then it's probably just one long weekend and uh, have it on a holiday weekend. Right. Yeah. And if one long weekend you find that you're still left with half your books, make it two long weekends. Yeah. Okay. What else? Um, touch volunteers, touch book organization. Organization is a huge, huge part of it. Signing the building, making the signs so that everybody knows things are. We produce a map that everybody that comes into the building can have that maps out our building where every category is. Now these are for your for the people shopping. For the people shopping, for the not people for the volunteers. Shop- no, for the volunteers know where things that. are. Yeah. 
I do change things around, that's, though. <laughs> but still, that's, that's helpful. And also, you have the pricing right on the back of it. And I was just going to say, the pricing is right there as well. Yeah. That tells you where it is every day. And then it goes down from one weekend and then the following weekend. It's it continues going down every day. Time, yeah. It goes down more between a Monday and, a, and the next Saturday than it does... That's another hint. Yeah. Right yeah, yeah, we go down on the top category. I think we go down 50 cents a day. So it was 454 350 and then over the the gap of the week to the next weekend it goes down to 250 we drop a dollar. Okay. You know, if you had a small sale, my advice on that one would be any valuable books that you identify sell them online. We now if we don't sell it over the sale, if something goes into collector's corner, it gets two sales. If it hasn't sold in two sales, we sell it online. You go eBay or uh, ABE or what would you do? Um, I think we do Amazon, actually. Amazon, yeah, okay. okay. Because what we were doing before that is that prices would come down if a book didn't sell in the first sale, the next sale it would start at lower than the first day price. And there would be people, they would just wait for it to go through enough sales that they'd come down and that they'd get it for a real steal. So now we've started selling online. Unless you're big like us and have enough to fill an actual room, yes. my advice is, is sell it online. Directly. Directly. Yeah, okay. You know, and advertise that. Website is important. We have the greatest website, booksale.org. Great name, yeah. We snagged that one pretty quickly, and it, it's been very good for us. Meaning that uh, whenever anyone searches book sale, you're going to be Number, fairly high up yeah. on the... Uh, so a website is a good idea to inform the public. The hours that you're open for donations, what you will and won't take. Where at this point, we have all the things that are in specials that are very valuable are on our website. Pictures of them are on the website. Descriptions. So people can go in and have a look online to see if they want to come back down. We have one part of our website, which is for volunteers only. Uh, we communicate mainly with emails, and all those emails are in that one part. So if someone gets an it's email, deletes it, then they need to go back and reference it, they can go in on the website and find it. Okay, so in other words, it's a password-protected yes. space for volunteers. Yes. Yeah, okay. uh, I would also think it would be a good place to celebrate the volunteers, put photographs of volunteers. We do there. do some of that. Uh, it is also where you access our grants. So if you want to apply for one of our grants, you can go onto the, the website and, and download a form and it'll tell you where to send it and you can do it that way as well. But I was going to say, as far as organizing the sale, we get these books, they come in, we rough sort them into their various categories and we go down and the category sorters sort them all out. We stop taking books for a sale about a month before the sale. Once we stop rough sorting into it, it gives the category sorters two weeks to finish up and get everything on the shelves and get their books all counted and everything. Then we have two weeks in which to get the building all signed, all the, all the signs done, everything like that. And the libraries come through. Uh, Tompkins County Public Library, who we sort for, comes through the sale before the public and they can take anything they want off the shelves for free. It is cheaper, it's better use of our money for them to take it off our shelves than it is for us to sell it for four fifty and for them to buy it for 30 Oh, that's neat. So that whatever gaps they've got, they'll come in and right. fill them with what you come up with. Right. So, And we offer them every book that was published within the last year, we offer them before we even send it to the category sorters. So if a new book comes in, we make a list online, we send that list to the local library. If they want it, they take it. If they don't, we 
mark it with a reinforcement sticker, which means they've already got enough copies of it, and it goes on the shelf. Tompkins County comes through first because they're the ones that we support, basically. But then there's also the Finger Lakes Library System, which is the whole big area one, and they come through on another day after the library, and they also get to choose anything they wish from our shelves. Which, again, is the incentive for them to make sure they keep sending you lots of books. Absolutely. (laughs) And put our bookmarks out there. And with them come some of the branch libraries, And then after those two libraries have been, we open it up to the school district. And we put a limit on that because obviously they take mainly children. But we give the school districts a limit of 50 books per library. And so the Ithaca City School District is allowed to come through and each librarian can take 50 books from the sale before it's opened up to the public. Great. Yeah. Nice little circle. A nice little circle. And, And a good use of our income and money. Well, just this sale, for example, is obviously a store somewhere around here that's gone out of business because we got a huge number of puzzles and games completely wrapped in plastic, multiple copies of, you know, three or four copies of each game. So in there's multiple copies like that, it's obviously a local store that's gone out of business. And when I say local, I mean everywhere in a 50-mile radius. We've been known to collect a moving truck and go down to a store. That's pretty good, pretty good... Uh overview. I hope so. (laughs) Let's just, we'll just sit here. And think about it for a while. Think about it for a few few more minutes. Yes. And we grow and we add things to it. Um, The bookmarks are our main way of advertising. We do the bookmarks and the posters. But people now, when they come in and donate, donate books, take a bookmark with them when they go. This is Another thing, it's a consistent way that we have advertised is our bookmarks. And the people in the community know they're always at the library. The library always has a stash of them right there. There's some things we won't take. We do not take Reader's Digest Condensed. We do not take encyclopedias between 1940 and 1980. (laughs) We can't sell the middle years. We can sell them before 1940 and we can sell them after 1980, but between those middle years we don't take them. Uh, We don't take Reader's Digest. (laughs) Uh, National National Geographic's not. We don't take National Geographic. We take the maps from National Geographic. Okay. And we take the, the hardbound books, but we don't take the magazines. So we have on the website a list of what we do and don't take. People who are listening to this that are wanting to organize book sales, I mean, one of the best things that they could do is go to your website and just see what the different rules and regulations. Absolutely. And, and if they wanted to, we have, um, not infrequently, we have groups who actually come down to the sale who are running a book sale or thinking of it and come and talk to us and see how it works and we'll show them our forms that we use and we'll give them copies of things that they want, you know, our sign-in sheets for volunteers to keep track of ours, our uh, fine short account forms, you know, some of our actual organisation forms. We've sent groups away with copies of our forms and a lot of information showing them how it works and how we've organised. Perhaps you can give me your website address. It's www.booksale.org. That's so difficult to remember. I know. It's so hard for anybody who loves books. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, You're welcome. The most illuminating and uh, hopefully practical advice for and I hope people who can use it. People will be encouraged to come down and check us out. Great. Thanks again. You're welcome. <laughs>